And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 89. 89, we got all the books for, what was that month that just passed, March? Yes, yes, it's April now. Sweet. Yeah, we're talking about the first third of the War of the Green Lantern storyline, which is, well, it's, it's going through uh, Green Lantern 64, Green Lantern Core 58, Emerald Warriors number 8, and there's a prologue issue in Green Lantern 63. Yep. And, and you know what, before, before we start, I want to talk about covers, okay? <laughs> no, let me amend it. I want to rant briefly about covers, alright? So, awesome. So, and I don't know what the alternate versions of anything are, and I don't care. So, <laughs> the cover to Green Lantern 63 is an image of Krona standing on a pile of Green Lantern rings with with all the entities around him, and he's he's kind of commanding them to forward and to charge. And, and the cover copy says, Assault Oa. And when I saw this cover, I was psyched to read this issue, okay? Krona and the entities laying a smackdown on Oa, I, I couldn't wait. But that's not what this issue is about. That's what next issue is about. This <laughs> issue... <clears throat> This issue is about some lanterns going to the library. Right? The only way this could have been a bigger bait and switch is if they just randomly stuck an X-Men cover or something on this <laughs> issue. That's one, that's one thing. That's half of this problem. The other thing is the cover to 64. And this is the, the image by Evan Hayes of like 50 or so Green Lanterns being the crap out of each other. Yeah. You know I love Evan Hayes and his work, right? This is, this is well documented, right? Yeah. Okay, this is a bad cover. Yeah. Right, this this is exactly what you don't want in a cover. Like when you're doing a cover, you have to go in knowing that okay, the top third or the top quarter or so of the image won't be seen since it's going to be covered by the title and the issue number and the company logo and maybe a banner or two and whatever random crap they feel like slapping on there. Mm-hmm. And you know that the just corners and bits of the rest of the cover are going to be hidden by by a barcode and whatever additional text that the the editors decide to slap on. So ideally, you want a cover image to be attention-grabbing and simple. The cover to Emerald Warriors number 8 does the same thing that Green Lantern 64 does, only a hell of a lot better. And not for nothing, but the best thing about this kind of cover image that Avon Hayes gave us is the ability to clearly look at and see everything he chose to include there, and it, it's it's the exact same thing that you're always talking about with crowd shots and trophy trophy room scenes and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Instead, we've got an image that I just flat out don't like looking at because the image is so busy that it comes off as nothing but a cluttered mess once all the necessary cover stuff is put on top of it. I mean, if this was a pinup or a print or a poster, it would be fantastic, but a cover image, no. I mean, if you look at Green Lantern Corps, I think this actually does it right. Because you can tell for the most part what all of those constructs are, but even if you can't, it doesn't really matter because they're only there to be like the externalized version of the conflict between Kyle and John, which is perfectly visible right there in the middle with nothing in front. Unlike the Evan Hayes cover, whose point is to show us the entire Green Lantern Corps fighting in way too little space. Ugh! That's odd because it it didn't really look like like an Ivan Reese piece of art, isn't it? Him? I thought it was him. Oh, right, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, right, right on the the cover. Um, 
like a, you have a green blast ricocheting off Guy, Guy Gardner. Oh yeah, there it is. You know, Ivan Reese, uh, Eau Claire, Albert, and Rod Reese. Yeah, it, 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 it actually, like, looking at this cover, it almost looks like you're gonna be reading a comic about anime Hal Jordan. You know? That's, oh, ki- just that's kinda what it looks like right there. With the hair. Yeah, and the face, it's, it lacks a lot of detail. It's probably one of his least good covers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah. All right, so... I do agree uh, with you on the, the Green Lantern core cover. That's that's a very nice cover. Yeah. I like that. I like Tyler Kirkham. I think that's a great cover. Uh, yeah. And I like how... Oh, my God. Well, I, I will say that the cover to number 63, with uh, Krona and the rings and all the entities, it's a very nice cover. It would have been an awesome cover... To issue 64. Yeah, and I get why they they would want, like, the, the image they went with for issue 64, because it looks... It, it's an Evan Hayes image, and it looks... It, it encapsulates the concept of War of the Green Lanterns better than the 63 cover does. But at the same time, it's like... It's the equivalent of just putting, like, a stock photo in place of something representative of what actually goes on in the book. <laughs> yes. Like a green, like a giant green emerald kitty. That would have been awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you would like that. <laughs> yeah. Might draw that later. All right, so Green Lantern 63. Finally, we can get to the, the actual issue. Yes. Down with green Lantern. rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Listen, you know what? Listen, if we're ranting about the covers, then... And I, I, I'm pretty sure I did this, like, what, in an, an episode or ago or two episodes ago, something like that, about how, like, there's so much freaking crap on these covers that it's, like, it, it just, it takes so much of the, the power out of the image. You know, like, uh, this, this issue 63, you have exclusive movie preview banner on the top. You have the title, you know, Green Lanterns. You have the, right above it, prologue, War of the, you know, because it's part of the storyline. You have Assault on Oa. You have the number. You have the Drawing the Line at 299 price tag, which, I, you know, like, I, I hate that. Like, that's just <laughs> so ugly. You know, you have the list of names and then the barcode. It's, you know, and then there's, like, you know, about, like, a two-inch square of of actual artwork that you can see. I hate that. I hate that. Like, and that's how it is, like, with basically every cover of Greenland. Every single cover that we're going to be dealing with tonight has, like, all of those those things on it. Save for the assault on Oa. They don't all have, like, a little blurb like that on it. Yeah. Although I will say the... Like, covers like Emerald Warriors, where, like, again, it's a simple image, there's a lot of empty space to it. Like, unless you care about the fact that that barcode is covering Guy Gardner's balls, there's really nothing to get upset about. Yeah, yeah, that's... that 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 is done much better. Uh, okay. Okay, so, the now issue! That, let's, let's, <laughs> now that we've started this episode on out on such a cheerful note... <laughs> Yeah, issue 63 of Green Lantern. All right. 
So. Oh, oh, before before we get into the issue. Oh God, what? <laughs> I just want to say that, like, because now we've read these issues, we've read you know the first three pieces of War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, I'm really, really just I can't wait to to get your reaction based on what you were saying before. You know about you know it's like well they better not do this or oh man I hope they don't do that or blah 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 blah. Oh, I have notes. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I have, I, I have a feeling some of them will surprise you, but I have notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't take any notes or barely even read the issues because I figured you'd have enough to fill the episode. You're like I didn't even read. I green what? I didn't even read this. I just showed up. <laughs> I looked at the pictures in Fantas- uh, The was it Fantastic Foundation? Uh, future Foundation. Whatever. FF. Wow, that that's some anger right there for for the Fantastic Four. What the hell? No, it's just anger for the name. I that's a, it's a stupid name. FF. Well, the FF is fine if you're referring to Fantastic Four. Yeah. But if you're using FF as in the Future Foundation. No. Yeah. Well, that's not the team's name. That's the name of like an actual foundation they started. Like, yeah, I know. Like how Stark Resilient is Tony Stark's current company. You know, it's yeah, but the book is being referred to as the Future Foundation comic book. Eh. Anyway. Anyway, so Hal and the other New Guardians, minus Carol and Sinestro, are out in space, and and they all realize, okay, look, Krona, he's after all the entities, he's only missing one, and it's on Zamoron, so we gotta go there. Before they can do that, Krona throws Carol and Sinestro at the rest of them, says, bitch, the entity's mine, and then disappears. So Indigo One figures out, okay, I can track track Krona, teleports them, they end up on Riot again, and they find Krona's hidden subterranean base, and, and Sitting right there in the middle of the room is the Book of the Black, and you know, Sinestro is ecstatic about this, and until the gr- book grabs their faces like something out of Aliens, and it gives them a history lesson on Krona, where we see you know his uh, his kind of fall from grace among the Guardians, and then how they they kind of cast him out for his beliefs, and and they send the Manhunters after him, and he uses this awesome prototype of a green lantern ring and battery to to disable the manhunters and then reprogram them i guess their network thus leading directly to the massacre of sector 666 and then getting captured and that's the end you you skip right over the beginning though no i included the beginning in the in that Um, yeah. yeah, was this issue, like, an extreme disappointment to you, too? Oh, well, yes. Yes, it was. But it, it may be for different reasons. Why was it an extreme disappointment for you? Well, all right, for me it was two reasons. First being that, like, this felt, like, okay, it, it builds itself as the prologue to the War of the Green Lanterns. All right, whatever. The issue itself felt like there was almost nothing to it. It was. It felt like it was, like, like I almost want to count the pages because it felt like I was reading like ten pages of story. <laughs> and then the second, second, 
is like, and, and on that, I'm glad two issues of this book came out this month, and maybe that's why this this issue felt kind of light. But if if this was the one and only issue of this book that came out this month, I would be like, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> but secondly, the six 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 reveal, like like I read, okay. You want to tell me that Krona made a change to their programming and that's what made them... Okay, fine. All right, Grant, that I will be a little upset that that's kind of a cheap-ass way out, considering that that, that the, over the last couple issues, they've reinforced to us that, oh, yeah, that, that thing that happened in Green Lantern history, oh, yeah, Krona did that. Oh, yeah, Krona made that up. Oh, yeah, Krona invented that. Oh, yeah, Krona said that offhand and it's just stuck. Oh, well, now this is just another thing on that list. You know, and and you know, granted, some of this probably comes from the fact that like it was so much fun to to try and work out what the truth behind that massacre of that sector really was. That you know, it's that whole thing where like, of course, it's not going to live up to what's in your head kind of thing. And <laughs> I I don't even particularly care if my theories are wrong as long as what we get is cool. But the difference between no one escapes the Manhunters, and no man escapes the Manhunters. That's what did this? That's what did this specific thing that Krona wanted to... What the hell is this shit? Wait. That's what he changed? Yeah, yeah. look, in... In, the, in the, the... When the book is reading them a story, uh, he walks up to the Manhunter, and they, it, the Manhunters have been saying, like, no, no one escapes the Manhunters. No one escapes the hand, Manhunters, and he does his little dealie. And now it says, no man escapes the Manhunters. And then you turn the page, and the Manhunters are massacring a sector. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. So stupid. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, no one escapes the Manhunters. Well, unless... <clears throat> Unless the thing was, you know, it's like, you know, they could have just been saying no one escapes the Manhunters, you know, once they've been charged to go after you. But he may have changed it to no man escapes the Manhunters, period. You know, and that's it. Yeah, I guess. Although I did have a thought that um, this might be their back door into, uh, into letting there be survivors of that sector somewhere. Because, all right, what if what if the change is there for the most literal reason? Like, what if it wiped out males? Because if I re- I seem to remember sometime in the Blackest Night time frame, we got some kind of blue ring induced vision of like Atrocitus and some and like his wife or something. So yeah, but she was killed. Was she? Yes. All right. Saying if this could be their way of like, like if his, like if his kid, like Atrocitus had a child, right? Right. I think it's like if that was a daughter, and like his, the two members of his family were both female, this might be their way of like, like, kind of letting them still be alive somewhere or something. Yeah, but it killed like everyone in that sector. Yeah. If they were only going for <laughs> men, then half the sector would still be alive. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it probably won't be that, but you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so basically, for me, yeah, it was a disappointment for the same exact reason as your second reason. 
Because you had the idea. You actually, you know, came up with a concept as far as, you know, like, what if Krona was hiding out on Riot and, you know, the, the Guardians wanted to apprehend him and they couldn't find him. So they had the Manhunters, like, wipe out, like, every living, you know, thing in that sector so that they could just hone in on the only living, you know, life signature left, and that would be Krona. Yeah, like, if, or, like, they could, they were trying to track him, but they, the best they could do was narrow it down to this one sector, so they're like, okay, what, like, whatever Krona's trying to do, if he was also trying to do something similar back then, then it would be like, okay, the, the saving the universe versus saving a, one sector, it's, it's, it's no real, it's, it, it's an easy choice for them. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, that sounded very interesting. That would have been really cool. Um, but yeah, to make it as simple as, you know, oh, he just changed their programming and that's why they did it. Hopefully there's still some layers to the onion that haven't been peeled back yet, but... Yeah. Now, now the, the, the beginning of this is is actually, I think, pretty important. Yeah, this was the interesting part. <laughs> now, um, you, you have Ganthet and Krona. They're, they're talking, they're having a like, conversation. And like, this is a billion years ago. And, you know, get that is like, you know, it's like, do you still believe that emotion is vital to life? You know, Krona's like, well, I believe emotion is life. And, you know, it's like, well, it, oh. Oh, I see. So because of that, he doesn't get inducted into the Guardians of the Universe. Somehow I glossed over that. But, um. But the thing, you know, the thing here that's that's actually very interesting is that he says, "I am on the verge of peering into the past and witnessing the birth of the universe, and therefore unlocking the secrets of the emotional spectrum." So, I mean, like, it's kind of a retcon, but you know, not it's not not in a bad way. The reason they're saying that the reason that Corona was looking into you know the past to see the birth of the universe, was to understand even more of the emotional spectrum. Yeah. Which, that's, I mean, that's that's not even that big of a tweak, really, because, like, no. like what, what, what was it before? Like, he wanted, he was looking back there because he just wanted to know in general. So this is right. just kind of focusing his ambition a little bit. I really like how this, like the, even this one page really made it feel like like the <clears throat> like Owen society was broader than we really ever thought of. like 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 from the I mean you look at the look out Chrono's window there's cities and cars flying around like like this is an entire race and like like the guardians were just this small group of like an entire population and I mean, based on how they dress and how they act, like it might even be, be like a religious cult for their people. Well, do you think they're on Oa, or do you think they're still on Maltus? Ah, uh, well, well, Maltus, yeah. Because they even say, like in the the later flashback part, the Corona of Maltus. But they're all of Maltus. 
Mm, yeah. I don't know, wherever. <laughs> but it's interesting, because I've always just, like... I never give it much thought of, like, okay, the Guardians are... Like, I always thought of it as, like, oh, yeah, the Guardians, that's their... That's all of them. That's just what their people became. Like, never really thought about, like, well, there's probably a couple hundred or thousand or million of them that never went the Guardian route. Well, you had... You had Malthusians. Let's see. Uh, this isn't a classically always like, oh yeah, the males of the species became the Guardians and the females became the Xamarons. Sprinkle in some Leprechauns for flavor and that's that's all of them. Well, oh, actually, oh yeah, that that's right. Um, oh man, I just thought of something else. Okay, so you had the Malthusians and let's see, from that race... They diverged to the Zamorans and the Owens. And then the Owens, I believe, uh, broke off to become the Controllers? I... Or they I the three races in the that. beginning? I think... Uh, I don't remember. I think the Controllers are like their cousins or something. I forget if they're from Maltus as well. I'm, I'm almost positive that they are. But then you also had the Scions from that race. Hmm. The Lizard People. How would they be? No, because didn't wait? Didn't the controllers create them? Um, no, no, the controllers didn't create them. I believe it was the guardians that experimented on them to make them an evolved race. Mm, okay. But yeah, so then they there's also the idea that there were the Malthusians before they became. Um, guardians that broke off and colonized different planets. There you got the leprechauns, and I'm wondering if one of the you know one of the colonizations may have eventually led to Lissa Drac. Hmm. Yeah, that is an interesting thread chat put on the forum. Mm, yeah, definitely. Just talking about the similarities between Lissa Drac and. Uh, was it um, Shadow Shadow Lass? Yeah, because I mean, I always just assumed they were the same same species or whatever. But you know, maybe maybe that's something they could play with. Like if Krona wanted her involved, then I mean, it would certainly be a good good trick. You know, like you want to disguise somebody of the Guardians race. <laughs> while keeping all of, like, the Guardian features front and center. Just, yeah, dress her up like that other blue alien race that DC fans know. Mm. True. I thought it was interesting on page one, the second panel, uh, Ganthed and the Guardians are kind of, like, they're the ones in the darkness, and Krona's the one standing in the light. <laughs> Very poetic. Yeah. Now, you're reading Brightest Day, so maybe you can explain this to me. Why did Sinestro appear with Carol? Sinestro wasn't with Carol. Okay. Because, I mean, the last time I saw him was when he left in the end of the Weaponer arc. So I figured there must have been something in between that and this, because, because you know, you've got it's Hal Jordan, St. Walker, Atrocitus, Indigo One, and Larflees. And then when... And then uh, Krona's, you know, 
teleport image thing screams at them, the entities are mine, and throws Carol at them. That makes sense, because, you know, he had to go to Zamoran to get the entity, and Carol was there. Yeah. So where the hell did Sinestro come from? Huh. God, I didn't even realize that. I just yeah. assumed that he was there. Yeah, because I, I looked at that, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, that... That was... That was I, I, don't, I don't actually know. I wonder... Oh... Maybe uh, what he was off doing was in the whole Green Lantern Corps thing. Well, yeah, but like, did like did he just randomly teleport in at this exact spot the same instant that Krona teleported Carol there? I imagine that is what would have to have happened. Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> because yeah, I don't. Sinestro wasn't in Brightest Day. Because I thought, like, okay, maybe, you know, he comes back and he he heads out of Quard and Green Lantern Corps and then he goes to to Zamoran for some reason and Krona beats up both of them and throws up. But I guess that doesn't happen. No. Oh, well. Nothing like that. I like the gauntlet. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. I Have wonder... No, I was just going to say, I wonder if that's, uh, if, like, somebody's going to find that and use it. That would be cool. I like how if you look at it close, close up, it's like, it's like he is wearing like a regular looking Green Lantern ring. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's like this entire thing is like, just to power it. Like that, that somebody's gonna cosplay like this, and it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be like a, it's like a steampunk Green Lantern. <laughs> that would be awesome. Ah, oh, man. That'd be really, really cool. Yeah. Now I, I just want to build the the gauntlet in the backpack. <laughs> Light up, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> now let me ask you this, because I read I didn't know, or I don't know, maybe this is new. I have no idea. When they say that the Book of the Black is it, it's a collection of the pages that were ripped out of the Book of Oa, because the Guardians wanted to keep all that stuff, you know, under wraps. Yeah. Is that always what the Book of the Black was? Or I don't think that they've ever specified until now. The only point where they might have said any... No, I was going to say maybe like with Lissa Drack, but... Yeah, I don't, she hasn't mentioned anything about that yet. Or possibly Scar saying something about, you know, it's like, you know, and this is the Book of the Black, you know, the, the lost chapters of the Book of Oa. But I, I don't remember hearing that at all. So I always thought like it was something new being written now, or or it was just it was older in the Book of Oa or something like that. And then you close out the book with uh, the the little teaser. There will only be three. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of a cheesy way to end it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll, it'll drum up some interest in the crossover yeah uh let's see i have a couple more notes about this issue um uh, of course you do i like the fact that when uh hal just gives that little pep talk to everybody they all say agreed in the same same word box and it's just like a rainbow color because everybody's saying it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's 
I forget, there's one, like, in the beginning and one towards the end where there's two mentions of this book being 100% superhero plot-driven, which has been, like, my big complaint about it for since Blackest Night ended. Ah, yes. Um, Oh, actually, I was reading in, uh, there was an article, uh, an interview with Jeff Johns. I don't remember where it was at the moment, but... He was basically, he was talking about War of the Green Lanterns, and he made a point of saying, he's like, you know, Green Lantern, he's going to start questioning, you know, why he, you know, just does what he does. Because it's like, there's another cosmic menace, you know, you know why are you doing that? You know, why are you Green Lantern? And he, his basically, his reply is that, because I've been doing it for so long. Hmm. You know, like, he he hasn't taken any time, you know, to be with the family and whatnot. And, like, Jeff Johns is like, it's almost like he wanted you to notice that he he didn't have any interactions. Like, you know, for, for yeah, yeah, for months we've been saying it's like, you know, we will really wish there would be, like, some downtime, you know, touch base with his family, because we like those stories. And, you know, it's been, it's been noticeable how he hasn't done that. And it turns out that's the point. You're supposed to notice that he, he hasn't had any family interactions, you know, and that's going to have repercussions on him, you know, as a, a person and a Green Lantern. Thank God. <laughs> it's like, I read that and I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, Jeff Johns, he's really like, he's an absolute genius with Green Lantern. But when you read that, and it's like, wow, it's like that's another level of genius that I didn't even realize. Yeah, he he pisses you off because he knows it'll make you happy in the long run. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, let's see. Uh, this issue has the first time these characters have actually been referred to as the New Guardians in story. <laughs> yeah, and it's the it's the goddamn book that does it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's written in the book, must be true. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, Indigo One mentions that Abin Sir knew something about the Book of the Black. Same panel as the New Guardians detected, is said, actually. Uh, so that's interesting. That's adding a little more to the Abin Sir mystery. Uh, that exchange between Hal and Carol as they're entering that chamber the book is in with all the, the entity totems or whatever <clears throat> that three panels where um Hal's Hal's basically saying you know you ever wonder what life might be like if we never got these rings that I read that and I'm like huh well they're they're kind of they're kind of setting up that flashpoint mini aren't they <laughs> oh wow I, I you know I, I didn't even look at it like that I just looked at it as reinforcing the idea that you know well, you know, we we have been, you know, lanterns like big time lately, and we haven't had any downtime. Yeah, and you know it's probably both because as we've already said, Jeff Johns is a goddamn genius. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one. Oh yeah, here's the other thing. The Guardians, just it's like they wanted to just go out of their way to. To oh god, where was it? I can't. Um. Uh, buh, 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 buh. It was like a present day. 
they use a word in here that was like, why the hell would they say that? Oh, referring to uh, Hal Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Is it this one or the next one? I think it's this one. Recalcitrant. Yeah, I had to look that up. And you know, it, <laughs> it it fits perfectly. It means resisting authority or control, not obedient or compliant. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you just pull that out of your ass just randomly? Yeah. You know, what's funny is when I read that word, I'm like, well, I know what that word means, but that's an odd word to put in, you know, People are going to be wondering what that is. That's like, that's like, like Jeff Johns woke up one morning and said, "You know what? I'm going to work for Calcitrant into a script today." <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I could see yeah. him doing that. Oh. It's like, oh, it's like, oh. what's what's the new word on my word calendar? Yeah, the Garfield word of the day. Oh. Now, what did you think about the art on this? Because this was very much not. Not Doug Monkey. <laughs> I really like the, uh, you know, the scenes with with Krona as you know, like an actual person. Yeah. Um, I thought that part was was really cool. The stuff in the middle, I, it was it was okay. This, you know, it it had its high moments and it had its you know just average moments. Yeah, and the pencils are Ed Benes and Artie and Saif. Uh inks by Ed Benes, Rob Hunter, and Vincent um, uh, Sifentis. I don't know how to say that name, but I don't know. It, it felt kind of like they were trying to do their best Doug Monkey Im- impression, <laughs> but yeah, it was okay. It didn't take me out of the story or anything, so it's a, it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess what the the main part of the interiors would be Artie and Saif. I think so, yeah. And then the <laughs> the end caps would be uh, Benes. Yeah, he did all the Corona flashback stuff. Yep. All right, sixty-four. Okay. Let's kick this war off. Yes. War of the Green Lantern begins. Okay. Um, because Hal has been so recalcitrant. <laughs> the Guardians decide to send Salak along with a nice little contingent of Green Lanterns to go apprehend him. Meanwhile, you have the new Guardians on Riot, you know, all staring at the book. And uh, out pops the little orange lantern, and Larflees is, you know, oh, finally I get it back, and <laughs> his joy is short-lived because Chains quickly drag him back, and we see the Guardian, or the Keeper of the Black Book, it's uh, Lissa Drac, and she starts, you know, wrapping chains around everybody to, to pull them in, and before they are able to, you know, get pulled in all the way, Sinestro comes up with an idea, and he's like, uh, hey, you remember that time that me and you shot each other at point-blank range, with, and we, we just let all the energy go. Um, he doesn't actually say that. <laughs> that would be great if he did. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, ring to ring, and they just let everything go, and Hal Jordan gets blasted from the book. So all the rest of the new Guardians get captured by the book, except for Hal Jordan. But uh, as the book 
basically explodes into, well, I mean, it's going somewhere, but it explodes into color, leaving behind six colored rings from the rest of the New Guardians. Now, uh, let's see, between then, but, you know, during that time, though, as the Guardians are talking about how it's always their their greatest warriors that, that end up going rogue, and uh, they, they make specific mentions and specific examples of, of who's gone rogue. Um, lots of color explosion, and uh, little guardians are bleeding yellow blood, and here's Krona with all the entities. It's an assault on Oa, if you will. <laughs> I would say. I would say so. And, uh, yes, he's got uh, chains binding all the entities Green for all of them, except for Parallax, which has a yellow chain. Hal Jordan bursts free as Hal Jordan is about to grab the, the different colored rings. That's the, the moment where the rest of the Green Lanterns come and get ready to apprehend him. And uh, Hal Jordan's like, listen, guys, listen. Just hear me out, and, and you know, and then we'll do what we gotta do. And uh, they're like, it's like, you know, screw that, you know. We're going to take you in anyway. And then, of course, leave it to the robot, who's all logical, and is like, well, if we hear him out, we can still take him in afterwards. And they're like, okay, fine, we'll do that. Unfortunately, the whole hearing out of Hal Jordan gets interrupted as uh, Corona throws the entities in, into each of the Guardians. But there's six Guardians there, and there's seven entities so what are you going to do with the seventh one? Well, you take Parallax, and you throw him into the Green Lantern power battery, and now all of a sudden the impurity is restored. Now, I'm assuming that the green rings no longer work on yellow, but uh, beyond that, now the entire core has been infected with Parallax, who is being controlled by Krona. So he's uh, making them think whatever he wants. The, green, the other Green Lanterns that went to apprehend Hal are no longer listening to Reason. They just want to get Hal. And uh, he grabs the rings and escapes. And uh, <laughs> you get a nice closing shot of the, the six Guardians that have been uh, basically swallowed up by the entities. Got some, some cool visuals there. Yes. That's it. I love the the idea here that all Guardians do have names. They've just, for the most part, just... They've gone without them so long, they just forgot, you know? Like, we get the we get another named Guardian in here, Harupa. Yeah, yeah. I You know, I like to believe that the, the one Guardian that's, like, going off about, you know... You know, it's not it's not the it's not our rings that are flawed. It's those that wear them. And then the other guardians like you sound upset. Like I like to think that that's that's Harupa, the one that's that's gone on a tirade. Yeah, the one that's gone on a, a tirade eventually gets taken over by the uh, the rage entity. That would make sense. And it it kind of does look like him. Yeah. Oh well, he looks so different from the other six guys in that room. Well, yeah. I've... It's a guy. It's definitely a dude, so... Yeah. I really like, like... It's such a campy comic book thing, but I love how, like... Lisa Drax refers to herself as the story vampire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was okay. Ah. 
come come on. You you get that a page after she goes fishing for Larflees. That's that's a good two pages. <laughs> so you have the the very important thing that they make mention of. Uh, okay, uh, it's when they say about the the lanterns or the their champions that have gone rogue. Ah, yes. Now they say that you know, all well, you know, these are the the people that have gone rogue on the uh, the guardians. The first lantern, then Crona, Sinestro, now Hal Jordan. Who the hell is the first lantern? Now this is this is something that's been coming up. I won't say a lot, but well, comparatively, a lot. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> it like once before. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in terms of like in the last like month or two, because the trailer for Emerald Knights makes mention of you know the story of the first lantern. So I assume they're telling that story there. And uh, like on the CGS forum, people are asking like, okay, who is the fir- who is this first lantern? Who are they talking about? And as far as I know, it's a character named Rory Dag. Like I've never read this story, but it was like it was like a flashback story from like uh, I don't have the issue number. I should have written that down, but it, it was basically like your your typical kind of like oh. Two two alien races inhabit the same world, and one's warlike and the other's peaceful. And the warlike ones just figured out how to get to the peaceful ones. So the guardian gives a ring to this guy over here so that he can figure out how to save his people, and he does. I don't know if the character ever got used again, or if they're gonna retcon him out and say like, no, 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 this it was really this character over here. But well, the thing that you're not re- not may not be getting you know right is that Rory Dag was the first Green Lantern. The first Green oh. Lantern. Yes. Do you think maybe they had a White Lantern running around? <laughs> we don't know. I mean well for okay. It's the first lantern. So maybe it was white. Maybe it was black. You know, maybe that that person that was chained up in the shadows. Oh. Maybe that was the first lantern. That's. I like that theory better than any of the other bullshit we came up with. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah. If you think about it, Krona, they dealt with Krona, and now Krona's back. Sinestro, they dealt with Sinestro, and eventually Sinestro got free. Whatever. Hal Jordan, you know, he's their their latest batch. But the first Lantern, like, why would we think that the Guardians, you know, wouldn't try and capture him? And, you know, like, if he was able to get free, then why the hell wouldn't we have heard of him by now? Yeah. No, I completely missed the fact that they they were listing them kind of in chronological order in that box. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's very... Hmm. But uh, the Rory Dag thing is pretty pretty interesting also. I actually read that issue. Yeah, we should do that issue eventually. It's uh, the, the, the warlike race, because it was like a really long time ago that Rory Dag got his ring. Mm. And you had these giant starfish 
that had, like, psychic powers. That's how they were able to communicate with one another. They could, you know, communicate psychically. And, like, they had super regenerative powers. So it's basically like, hey, everybody, this is where Starro got its start. That's awesome. Oh, man. I'll have to find that. And I love how Rory Dag is from Sector 1, 2, 3, 4. <laughs> so, awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, so they, they have probably the biggest thing in this issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had, I mean, after the, dis, after my big gripe with the cover of last issue, I was, like, so happy when Corona and those enemies just exploded into the Guardian Citadel, like, like that pan, that bottom panel where they're all like reeling from the explosion, and the one of them is like he's bleeding from the face, and like his eyes are wide open, and like you, then you turn the page, and it's just that badass two-page spread of Corona looking like the like the most evil thing ever. <laughs> he's surrounded by all these entities. They're so like, even Ion looks angry. This is, <laughs> like Squishy doesn't have a face, and Squishy is growling. <laughs> Not really, though. It, oh, well, well. Like, gurgling meanly. How about that? Yeah, that is definitely a cool page. And that, I love the the image of Parallax going into the battery. Mm-hmm. That's such a... I t- the, like, the first thing I thought when I looked at that was, this is such a Gleason image. Because, like, uh, Doug Monkey and Patrick Gleason have, like, they have very similar styles, and they even work in the same studio, like, right next to each other, so it's... It makes sense that they would look similar, but it, it took me back. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. I'll buy uh, that. Now, what do you think is the significance of green chains for all the entities except for Parallax with yellow? Are we sure the yellow one goes to Parallax? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, if... It might just be the whole, like, like, alright, willpower reacts, neg- like, like, Parallax has a thing about green energy, you know? So it's like, I don't know, like, a green chain would hurt him or something? I don't know. He's just, he's just keeping Parallax happy because he knows he's gonna dunk him into that big vat of coma-inducing willpower again. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. Hell, for that matter, do do we know the deal with Krona's chains yet? Um, well, no, but what was it, the last issue, you know, you see Krona's, like, locked up. Yeah, but it's weird. Yeah. It's like, especially since, like, he regenerated that body, so it's like, like, did he put the chains on? Um. It's probably gonna be, end up being symbolic of something or another. Maybe. Yeah, well, there's still a lot that we don't know about Krona. Yeah. Like, we're getting bits and pieces of his his history, but it's going slow. Yeah. I think the only other thing from this issue, like, that two-page spread in the front where Salak and his team are flying through space. Yeah. Like, I love... Like, some of these guys are so cool looking, like... Like... I don't think I've ever seen that frog guy before. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and like my first thought was, oh wait, I think the green man is kind of a frog guy in the in the movie. But then I'm like, oh wait, no, 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 they have the green man. He's an alpha lantern, so oh, they made a frog guy. 
awesome. Yeah. I was thinking, it's like, oh, it's like the Frog of Thunder. They did the same thing for Green Lantern now. Yes. And uh, it's awesome. And he's right next to Bidge. Or Bidge. However the hell you say the squirrel's name. And somehow, what's his name? Uh, Robot. Stell? Yeah, somehow Stell actually looks exactly like he did last time. <laughs> which is uh, unheard of. If there was one character you would change for the movie, it would be Stell, because it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the easiest one to to understand. There's also the, the idea of the whole yellow being able to take over everybody, but I guess we'll get to that more in the next issue. Yeah, I think the next issue... The, the next issue is more, more about that, so... Yeah. Um, and then the only final... The final two things are, one... Hal Jordan now has six colored rings. Yep. Along with his green ring. For the moment. So, you know that's going to come up. And, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and then these guardians with the with the entities inside of them. Yeah, that looks so goofy, but yet so awesome. It's so awesome. And I think it's... It probably says something to the fact that... Like, this is the first time we've seen an entity... Like, just completely visually overwhelm the person physically. And I wonder if that's because so up until now, everyone that they've tried to, to use as a host has had some sort of emotional balance to them. Or at least, like, a tiny bit of emotion. Yeah, whereas, like, like if you're a Guardian and you spent your last billion or so years trying to completely separate yourself from emotion, then it's... Like, you have absolutely no defense against it whatsoever, and it just takes you over absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at Ion. Ion looks like a, like a, he looks kind of like a pile of goo, <laughs> but he's like, but in a good way. You know, it's like, it's it's not just like, oh, hey, here's a guardian wearing like a, a zippy Ion costume, and it's like, he, it's like he perfectly merged with the entity. <sighs> okay, are we done with this one? Yeah. Good. Okay, Green Lantern Corps 58 by Tony Bedard and... Is it Tyler Kirkham? Is that his first name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tyler Kirkham, okay. Alright, so we start, we start off with some introspective stuff from Kyle Rayner about himself and Jon Stewart and the standing in the core. Kind of negative for Kyle, positive for Jon. Then they walk through Jim's favorite window to the positive matter universe, and they emerge right... In front of Ola, where they see all of the Alpha Lanterns shut down and drifting through space. Uh, the, this happens at the same moment that Corona just sucked Parallax in the battery from last issue. So, so the uh, the Lanterns are being taken over by Parallax's influence, and you know we see them in the form of uh, Hanu and Serenic Natu. Their their eyes crackling with the yellow energy. Their their symbols having the uh, the backdrop's yellow now. Their ore's kind of having a little yellow in them, too. And they're headed for Oa, because their rings are chanting, Oa, Oa, Oa. And, <laughs> and Kyle's Kyle's chasing them, and like, Kyle, John, Ganthet are kind of like, oh, man, good thing we're not being affected. Except they are. It's just taking a little more. And, you know, John tries to stop Kyle from making a stupid move by just rushing in headfirst, and Kyle just explodes at John, who explodes back at Kyle, and Gantha explodes at both of them before reeling. Wait, wait, wait a second. 
I know exactly what's happening here. I gotta stop this shit. So Ganthet separates them. <clears throat> he force he forces their rings off them, and somehow they don't fall to their deaths. <laughs> but the act of doing that and resisting parallax blows up Ganthet's ring, taking his hand with it. Because him and Hector Hammond, no, not him. Him and William Hand can become pen pals, which would be awkward because, you know, the use of pens. But it's it's, it's not that bad, so because John Stewart kind of fixes it with a T-shirt and <laughs> and then Ganthet explains to them like, look, that's this is what's happening. You guys have to get out of here without your rings. You're off the grid, but they can still find me. So I'm going to do my best to battle the entire Green Lantern Corps for a little while while you guys try and figure out how to bring more Green Lanterns here, which I guess could help. And that's the issue. This issue was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this issue. I'm more surprised to hear myself say that than you are. (laughs) (laughs) I like the art in the issue. But yeah, I thought the art in this was better. I thought the story was better. Like, I'd say the writing was better. Like, both had stuff that I didn't like, but this was overall a much more enjoyable read than... Just about any issue of this creative creative team's run so far. I I'll agree to that. I I, I would definitely agree. Um, I I I like the art quite a bit. Um, like I said, my my favorite was like the, the double page spread where Kyle just throws everything at John. Yeah. And it's all like variations of Kyle's costume. Yeah. It's like everything in all the costumes that he's worn in the past. You have. The uh, the Jim Lee designed one down in the uh, the lower corner. You got his uh, his original one. You got uh, the Parallax version of Kyle. You got Ion. Um, you got both Ions. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what that other one is. That's awesome. You even have like his giant battle suit from that issue that you love so much, where the other. Green Lantern, former Green Lantern, ends up killing herself because she can't use the ring. Oh yeah, that I was trying to remember what that was from. That was all, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then you know you just got like random, you know, <clears throat> versions of him in the background and whatnot. It's it's awesome. It's just like like this. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Like this is just like. The coolest Easter egg, because if you've been following Kyle Rayner, like, you know these costumes, and it's just like, it's it's really cool. This It, it adds so much to to, to, the, to the comic. Speaking of Kyle Rayner, like, I like how, oh, alright, first of all, let's, I'll, I'll address these both together. The, the whole, like, page one, the whole Kyle feeling like an outcast among the core thing, like, that might have worked if it didn't come completely out of nowhere all of a sudden. So I didn't like that. I, yeah. What I did like is how the begin like, like, the last panel of that, or, or, I forget what panel, it doesn't matter what panel it was, that page and, like, the last thing Ganthes says at the end on the last page, like, it brings, like, the, the issue kind of full circle on, like... Hope. Yeah, on hope and on, like... <clears throat> on Kyle's role in the Green Lantern Corps, and I thought that was nicely done. I liked that. Yeah. It's like they're... It, it, it seemed to me like they're kind of telegraphing that he's going to get a blue ring. 
Yeah, well, I didn't take that from it, but that could definitely see. Well, we'll get to that. I had the laugh that even Krona knows the Alpha Lanterns suck as he just turned them off and chucked them into space. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, hey, good thing Boudica has a tiny reserve of energy designed to save her from any situation, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's lucky. That's what that is. That's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Love the, the page with, uh, uh, Natu and, uh, Hanu. Yeah. With, like, the energy, like, crackling out of their eyes. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's, like, a really kind of ominous image, too. Yeah. What do you um um? Or no, that's not it. What? Some that's that's something I really appreciate about Kirkham's art is how when he draws the green energy or any ring energy whatsoever, it really looks powerful. You know, like it it's always really big, really flashy, really like explosively violent almost, and <laughs> it just hits home the kind of power these guys are playing with. Uh, I guess, yeah. Speaking of explosively violent, what do you think about behanding Ganthet? <laughs> well, I figure all he needs is some uh, Malthusian evolution ro- uh, robes. <laughs> <laughs> he can evolve himself a new hand. Maybe he'll do what Boudicca used to do and just make a construct one, and then the two of them will be buddies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's it's either going to be... The, the outcomes could be he's going to keep it and you know not have a hand, He's going to grow a new one. He is going to use a energy constructed hand, or it's going to be a robotic hand. And I, I'm a little fearful that they're going to end up going towards the robotic hand, just so they can tell another story in the future about, you know, again yeah, that's hand like you know being taken over and his mind corrupted by whatever. Like, oh, maybe, maybe Henshaw will come back and possess Gantha's robot hand. Yeah, like, that, 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 that's the kind of thing that I'm a little worried about. <laughs> Walk around Oa choking people. <laughs> I, 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 I had to laugh at the fact, like, Jon Stewart wraps a t-shirt around it, and it's like, I know it hurts like hell, but you're gonna live. Just keep pressure on this till the bleeding stops. The bleeding stop. he has an open stump. Well, he he tears a, a piece of Ganthet's robe off. Okay, that's even less material than a t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe it's Malthusian evolution robe. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, and again, does does Ganthet still have guardian powers or not? Yeah, that's that was definitely a thing <laughs> that I was you know wondering because like like really actually he definitely does. Yeah, because. When he, he, instead of saying to Jon Stewart, get away or run, he just kind of shoots Jon for no reason. Yeah, he <laughs> shoots energy at him after his ring has been destroyed. Yeah. So why was he trying to, fo- like, it's almost like he was trying so hard to be like, you know, look, I can do this with my ring. Yeah. And like, it ended up blowing his hand off. Yeah, and when you think back to Rebirth, Guy and Jon, both under the influence of Parallax, were flying at Ganthet, gonna attack him. He just kind of waved his hand and just sucked the influence out of them, and everything was good. Like, if he had his powers, he, he could have just done that again. He didn't have to do this thing with this ring and lose a hand. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, 
it's nice that he wants to uh, be one of the core, but really, I mean, you know, come on. Yeah. The uh, the page with all the lanterns that are going to be going out searching for Gant that um, John and Kyle. Mm-hmm. Tons of different lanterns on here. I really like that page. Yeah. You've got, uh, like, the, the things that were, like, the coolest for me were that you have the, the two lanterns um, on the left side of the page, the blue guy and the orange, you know, fishy-looking woman from Tony Bedard's Rebels run. Yes. She's a scion. He's from uh, Okara. Yeah, they fought Lobo, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then at the, the corner, <laughs> the bottom corner on the left... It's the um, the Green Lantern from that Wonder Woman issue. Ah, the one you hated. <laughs> yes, that's the one. I did hate it, but I think it's awesome that they included her on this. Yeah, like that's a, like every one of these series in this episode tonight, they all have at least one really good splash image of like a bunch of Green Lanterns, and I think for the most part they're all different characters too. Yeah, you also oh you have that uh. That Green Lantern lawyer up at the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like, animated-looking character with the red head. Where? Which one? Uh, between, uh, under Tomar Ray's arm, just above Hanu. Oh, yeah. I've seen him in the books before. I don't know who he is, though. But that, yeah, that that's like, that's a weird-looking creature on the same level of, like, Chip when he was animated. Yeah. It actually looks like he's out of a cartoon or a comic strip. Awesome. Love that page. Alright, so this this is a good place to say to talk about the elephant in the room and so so Parallax mind controlling everybody. Yes. What do you what do you think about that? Uh I don't you know, it, it's seems odd because He's never been able to do that before. You know, like, if you... If you assume that Parallax was always in the battery before it blew up, Mm. then uh, you would have to think that Parallax would have some control over all all the Green Lanterns back then. The only way that they can get around that is if they, you know, are going with the, the saying that because Krona is in charge of Parallax, he's using Parallax, you know, to his will. Yeah, Krona helping Parallax. That's that's a good point. Something else I thought of was that, okay, this is this is basically Parallax at full strength too. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like after he had been drowning in the in willpower for millennia. So, I mean, I'm I'm going under the impression that being in that battery right now is hurting him. I don't think so. Or at least, or it will eventually. You know, I don't know, because the thing that I, that I was thinking about was way back when, when uh, the Guardians said to Larflees, you know, okay, give us that box and you can have this entire sector. You know, and we'll we'll stay out of it. They got Parallax in a box, and Krona had put him there. 
Because you know it was it was Krona's it was you know, stuff that was stolen from Krona's lap. Yeah. So Krona was the one that had figured out a way to capture Parallax. You know, I we could kind of we can assume maybe incorrectly, but we can assume that it could be that the Guardians had no idea how to capture an entity. They they could have just stuck him in the battery as kind of a last ditch. Like, maybe this will work. Like, we can't figure out a way as effective as what Krona did, but we have this, like, gigantic reservoir of energy that, you know what, might suppress him, so let's stick him in there. I don't know, but I don't think that's what it is. I think they had the battery, and they said, okay, well, now we have this energy source, but we don't want to just give it to anybody you know, because then they'll be, you know, completely all powerful. Let's. What if we if we put Parallax in the battery, then they'd be weak against Yellow. I, I think that they consciously wanted Parallax to put him in the battery so that they could use it to subjugate the Lanterns if they needed to. That'd, that'd be cool too. And what I think is that they didn't like let Parallax out of the box. I think they just threw him in, in the box. Huh. Which means, like, you know, he was in the lantern, creating the impurity, but he's trapped in a box. So he can't even, like, fight to swim around in the battery. He was just in the box. That'd be cool. Now, I was, I was thinking about this whole mind control thing a lot over the last day or so, because I just got my books, like, on Monday. But... <laughs> And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's weird. It's kind of a, it's, it's not just mind control, because they kind of put a spin on it. Like, it's a, it's kind of a mix between mind control and what we've been wanting to see. Because it's, it's, at least in the case of the humans, it's using fear to bring out what's already there. You know, for Kyle's fear that Ceranic will die just like every other girlfriend he's ever had, which makes absolute sense for him to be afraid of that and uh, you know for john it's the whole like like the drawing of the military blah 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 and and you know know, it's good to see him finally playing up after effects of hosting parallax finally they're doing that yeah and i I kind of feel like okay they've kind of gotten a lot of the cliche stuff we were afraid of or anticipating out of the way so they can kind of go on with the story, you know? Like, my biggest fear was that the Green Lantern core chapters of this this war would just be, oh, here's Kyle fighting John for three issues. And they, got, <laughs> they did that for, like, three pages, and now they're past it, and they can move on with the story. And, like, that was, that was a good surprise. And we'll get to it in a minute, but they do the similar thing in Emerald Warriors. So I'm like, okay, this is... This is kind of going beyond... My uh, my fears and expectations for where they were gonna go, and they're not leaning on this as straight up. Oh, everybody's it's it's just mind control. It's, it's there's something to it. Well, for the the mind control, I can buy that for the Earth Lanterns fighting each other, but <clears throat> I mean like. The fact of the matter is, like, right now, what it looks like is that the War of the Green Lanterns is basically going to be about the four Earth Lanterns against 
you know, all the rest of the Green Lanterns that are being mind-controlled by Parallax. I, I think there's another way to look at it, but we'll get to that. Okay. But yeah, it's something I really want to get is either what's in... It's either, like, even a single panel of internal monologue from one of the the alien lanterns that are still under Par- Parallax's influence, or or even if they just say a sentence out loud just so we can kind of get a sense of what's going through their minds, because I think that would kind of make or break the whole control aspect of this. Like, if they can give us some inkling that, that okay, ha- uh, Ceranic is under the influence of Parallax right now, she, but she's being manipulated by her own fears into action, just like the humans were in this issue. Like that would that I would really really want to see. Yeah, but it, it's almost like they're not thinking at all. Yeah, it's almost like they're completely on autopilot. You know, because you know, not only is there no dialogue, there's no thought boxes. The only thing that's you know coming out of them is you know, oa 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 oa. Yeah, well, that's that's how Kyle was during the Sinestro War, and we got an issue inside his head where Parallax was like, is basically showing him everything he's afraid of and afraid of losing. Um, what do you call it? Uh, they they make a point of saying it's like, why do they look hypnotized? Yeah. So I I really think that they're they're being like just completely mind controlled. Yeah, probably. Oh. At least we got better from the humans, right? And Ganthet. <laughs> yeah, because, like, like, really, like, you can't tell me that you're going to have all these Green Lanterns and nobody's going to be, like, you know, able to overcome it. If they're allowed to think of things <laughs> and they're concentrating on their fears, then there's a lot higher likelihood that a Green Lantern would be able to overcome it rather than them just being completely mind-controlled and their mind not having a chance to fight it at all. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see, yeah. Uh, Green Lantern, Emerald Warriors? Take us on through. Okay. Simple synopsis. Guy is flying through space with uh, Kilowog and Aresia when they get bombarded by, like, an army of... Green Lanterns that are coming after them. They're all mind-controlled, or so we assume, by, uh, by Krona and Parallax. And, uh, they're trying to, you know, fight their way, you know, away from all these Lanterns. But, uh, it's only because Kilowog, you know, pushes Kyle, uh, Kyle, pushes Guy, you know, out of range and whatnot, and, you know, protects him. That guy is even able to get away. And he's trying to raise any other, you know, Green Lantern to, you know, that's not under mind control to get to the greenhouse. And, uh, the only other person that shows up is Hal Jordan. Guy and Hal have a nice little battle because they're, you know, fighting off the, the whole parallax effect. And they fight and fight until, uh, <laughs> until they're no longer under the controls of the rings and their costumes have disappeared. And now they're just kind of stranded on an ice planet, not being able to use their rings. I think that's about it. Yeah. So, at this point, do we think that whole corridor thing was just 
Krona kind of running a test on how mind control and Green Lanterns would work out, or... Because I don't really see the connection. I think... I think that's going to be a piece that's not completely tied up just just yet. Okay. Because the way Guy talks about it, it almost seems like, oh, it's it's A, then B, then C. Oh, okay, that's, that's what that is. And I'm like, what? Really? Okay. Yeah, no, I don't... Uh... I don't think that's all, all finished up, but you know he was—he was basically. I, I think Corona was talking with him about, you know, you, you, he wanted like backup for you know taking over the minds of the Green Lanterns. Oh, okay. Like maybe in case the Parallax thing didn't work exclusively. That makes sense. Yeah, but I, I think I think there's also going to be more to that that whole thing that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah. I will make a point of saying that. When, when uh, Guy and Kilowog are about to be bombarded by just tons and tons of Green Lanterns that are coming after them, actually they're going to Oa. To be fair, they're they're going to Oa, and yeah, they're just in the way. <laughs> yeah, really. And who do we see right there? Rotlop fan. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He always looks so weird when his head isn't facing down, though. Yeah. Yeah, and like my only complaint, and this is a minor one, is that we don't get to see his his hand with the ring. Yeah, well, he's got the the bell, the the bell emblem though. Yeah, yeah, I like seeing um, oh, what the hell is what's the the Green Lantern who's like a wizard? Oh, Torquemada. Yeah, he's there. Princess Iolade. Yeah, Iolade made it. Um, the uh, the spores, the puff spores. Yeah, the puffball collective. From the safest uh, sector in the universe. Yeah, that's awesome. There's yeah. um, 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 oh, well, obviously we got Isamod and Vath front and center, which mm. I wonder if that's indicative of a them. I think they're gonna be coming onto this book's cast because I remember like back when they did the uh the the teaser for in issue one or whatever. It had the whole group plus them fighting Cardor, so. Uh, in the back, you got that uh, that guy that started out as a kid in one of the Green Lantern backup tales. Oh yeah, uh, he was his uh, his dad had the ring first, I think. Uh, was it his dad or the person that he was apprenticing? Oh, I think it was an apprentice. Yeah. Now, the one thing, let's see. I guess it would be one, two, three people to the right of Rotlop fan. One, two, three. Okay. Isn't that guy supposed to be dead? The guy with the beard? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Is it is it, is he the one that died at uh, in the Red Lantern special? No, no, that guy had like a puffy face and like a cat nose. No, 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 no. I'm talking. No, you're thinking of. Uh, I know who you're thinking of. You're talking. You're talking about the guy that just looks like a fuzzball. Yeah. Yeah, like no, he, he had a another, human body and a fuzzball face. There was another <laughs> Green Lantern that was cut in half. Oh. I think it might have even been by Rage Cat. Oh, uh, that's adorable. But I, I can't remember if it was him or not. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh... Oh, and also you have Raker Quara got on the, down at the bottom. Yeah. There's Adam. He's right above, um... Uh, Vath. He's the guy that, like... I, I don't even know why uh-huh. this happens, but he's reborn... 
in a volcano, like, every day or something. He goes through his whole life cycle, and the ring just raises him again. Right. Um, there's, um, there's, a uh, Purdue in the top left corner. Top left corner? Yeah. He's from that, um, the Dead Earth. Oh, wow. I didn't notice it because he had arms. Yeah, and plus, like, his head isn't kind of... Yeah. God, we could go, we could spend the entire night on this page. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think, this is, alright, what do you think of, about the fact that Kilowog chose not to escape? Like, he's, like, when he busts Guy out, like, look, at his bonds are pretty much destroyed. Like, he could have flown away, too. Like, he even says, like, I'm staying close to my lantern. Someone's got to watch over him, even if it means getting captured. So he let them take him. Yeah. Because it's not like there's only four guys left to fight an army of 7,200 people or anything, right? Well, to be fair, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to have a lantern, you know, in the thick of it that knows what's going on. Yeah, I guess. Because they're not going... They're not really going after Kilowog, you know, they're, they're trying to capture him, but they're not, like, trying to kill him or anything like that. Their main mission is to get to Oa. Yeah. Now, what do you think of this? Because Guy explains that Krona draining bits of energy from the rings made it easier for Parallax to take control over people. Does that make sense? No. Good. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't me. Yeah, no, that that doesn't <laughs> make sense. <laughs> what you call it? Somebody on the forums mentioned mentioned this. I didn't know what he was talking about at first, but uh, oh yeah, Jay Logston. He writes, uh, <laughs> "WTF is happening in my profile picture?" Oh, this is yeah. Oh, jeez. If you look at the surrounding panels, there is no reference to Guy picking anything up. What makes the issue of Green Lantern Emerald Worlds worse is that later Hal says, You, me, you, Kilowog, John, and Kyle. Obviously, the Dio is slacking on his job with letting these things slip. What What did you say it was? What? What? He's taking a drink off of that thing? It's melting ice. Yeah. Look, look. Come on, that does not look like... You know what that looks like. I know what it looks like, and I I question it just as much as you do, but I also know what it's supposed to be in the context of the story. Yeah, so do I. But, I mean, like, out of all the possible ways you could illustrate that... Yeah. I mean, look, if, if it wasn't... If it was... If the piece of ice was in any other shape, this wouldn't even have come up at all. And look what he's saying in that particular scene. So we can get this party started. <laughs> that, yeah, that isn't taking your inflection at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> look, guy touches down on yep. the pla- on this ice planet, lights a fire, then picks up a piece of melting ice and takes a drink. That's all that happens. It doesn't matter if you don't see him pick up the ice. It doesn't matter. The panel. I think I even said this on Facebook. It, you know, panel one, he's approaching the planet from space. Panel two, he's standing on the planet. Did, are we going to complain that, okay, we didn't see him go through the atmosphere, so what's this bullshit? <laughs> Listen, if 
he is, you know, touching down, and then the next panel, he's sitting down and is gripping some sort of, you know, weirdly shaped piece of ice that he's about to stick in his mouth. <sighs> nah, the whole thing's stupid. Anyway. <clears throat> um. Now, the greenhouse. Is this the planet that I'm thinking it is? Are you thinking it's the 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 Black Ops Corpse planet? No. No? What are you thinking it is? I'm thinking that this is the the planet from that very iconic Green Lantern cover. Uh, was it right in the 200s of the, the second series of Green Lantern with Hal Jordan? Uh, you see it in, like, every single 50-cent bin. It must, it, it's got to be, like, the most prevalent Green Lantern back issue of all time. It's just, like, Hal Jordan, like, sliding through snow. Like, it's just entire snow planet. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think about that. I was actually thinking, like, because the corpse was headquartered underground on a planet like this, so I thought... And, like, you had just brought up them, I think, an episode or two ago. So that's why I was in my head. That would be cool. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Actually, that would be really neat if they brought them back for this. Yeah. Plus, like Guy Gardner's here, and he was with them for one for a while, and and they wiped his memory of it, so it even could be, and he wouldn't know. Yeah. But, you know, I t- when I read it, I was kind of slogging through their four pages of of exposition arguing. <laughs> yeah. So it felt so drawn out and forced, but it kind of redeemed itself because it it, it reinforces you not really needing to read Green Lantern Corps to read Emerald Warriors. They explain what's going on right here. Yeah. Uh, but also, it it kind of... The weird leaps they take in their argument is because of Parallax's influence, so you can almost forgive that, too. But still, like, I, I remember, like, a convention or something, somebody, maybe John's, maybe somebody else, saying that, uh, that, like, around when Brightest Day ends, we're gonna get, like, a massive... Hal versus Guy fight. And, like, if this is what they were talking about, eh, didn't really, <laughs> live, didn't really live up, in my my opinion. Yeah, this is it. This is definitely it. Yeah. You're not getting this again. Yeah, no. It's kind of disappointing. What you call another panel that I really like is the... <laughs> it, it, once again, it's Guy Gardner, and he's got... He's creating ring constructions of his himself and his past costumes. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting that both Guy and Kyle chose to <clears throat> to literally throw all versions of themselves at their opponents. For for the people that that don't know which ones are which, uh, the one on the bottom is his original Green Lantern costume. Uh, just above that is his. Uh, I guess that's what the J Justice League with Europe. Yeah, that's his regular costume. Hmm. Well. But it's got the bowl haircut. Okay. So, you know, back in the day. Um, Then uh, just to the right of actual guy is him as a warrior. And next to that is... Well, that's that's when he was... uh, What is it? His his own series, when he had the yellow ring? Yeah, where he's just wearing regular clothes that look kind of like his Green Lantern outfit, but not. So, awesome. Then he promptly shoots himself in the head to make a point. (laughs) (laughs) 
And like they did, it did give a kind of a, before this when they were heading to to the greenhouse and trying to contact everybody. The fact that the lines of communication are pretty much down kind of helped build the, te- the tension in the story. Mm-hmm. All right, now something that I I wrote down a note as I was going through these, and I don't know about you, but so far for me, I don't think I'm hesitant to say this because, well, I'll. Fuck it, I'll do it. So far, it doesn't seem like you really need to read any one of these books to read the others. Uh, it does kind of seem like that's what they're going for, but like, I'm definitely gonna wait until the next issue of Green Lantern comes out before I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, because they they devote a good amount of time in all three books to explain to you. It, granted, they're not just restating the same sentences line for line or, or anything, but if you picked up just Green Lantern Core this month, you would understand what's going on in this storyline pretty pretty much perfectly. And the same for Emerald Warriors, and the the same for Green Lantern. Like, like, part of the reason why like that two or four pages of dialogue between Guy and Hal in this would was like kind of just how I just wanted it to be over was because they were just telling me stuff I already knew from reading the other books this month. Right. So, um, that's that's kind of good. They're, they've been good with Green Lantern story events with uh, kind of keeping it isolated enough. So I, I hope it continues the pattern. Yeah, I mean, it's nice, but I won't hold my breath because, like, I mean, this is, like, kind of a big deal. This is their big, you know, crossover right now that's going on. Yeah. So you would think that, you know, it, it's going to be a little more... Um, Interconnected as you go. Yeah, yeah. Now the the only thing that I uh, you know I guess my only issue with this this issue is that okay you know you end with you know with Guy and Hal with you know in just regular clothes on an ice planet without you know these use of their rings because they don't want to be mind you know controlled again, but. Hal has six rings in his pocket that they make no mention of whatsoever in here. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go. Because there's... Actually, there's two two topics left as far as these three issues go that I think are, we should address because they're fun. Alright. First, the human's plan. As, as I call it. So, so, you know, Kyle and John are trapped on Oa. Hal and Guy are trapped on Hoth. And <laughs> not, not only do they not... Uh, not only do they have to fight Krona and the Entities and the entire Green Lantern Corps, they have to figure out a way to do it and get off these planets without using their Green Lantern rings. And, hey, what does Hal have a pocket full of right now? Right. So, and, the, like, this, this I think, is where we get, you know, that that um, teaser cover of uh, an Earthling in the Sinestro Corps and all that. So let me ask you, let me ask you, who do you think... Because we got four human lanterns who need rings, so who do you think is getting what? <laughs> okay, I I had all my my picks out on the forum, so... Oh, um, I, didn't re- I didn't read the thread for any of this. Let's see. I don't even know which which thread it's going to be in. Mm-hmm. Let's see, hold on. Yeah, and just for everybody listening at home, the rings up for grabs are yellow, orange, blue... Violet, indigo, and red. One of each. Yes. Okay. 
Now you got you got six six rings out there. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, red is going to go to Guy. Yes, he's practically halfway there already. Yeah, um, he's already vomiting up, you know, his, his blood red rage. In fact, the other thing is with Guy, if he takes the red ring, then realistically he could probably also keep wearing the green ring. And that way, the red ring would kind of nullify the, you know, the effects of parallax. Hmm. Maybe. You know, because parallax takes over your mind. But if your mind is completely, you know, clouded by rage, then there's nothing for par. There's no par- parallax can't get a foothold in. That's a good point. That's a good point. And in, and in turn, the green ring would protect him from dying if he took <laughs> the red ring off. Ideally, yes. Okay, now, Blue, I'm going to definitely say Kyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they, they've they been playing up the, the hope aspect of Kyle for for years, really. I mean, it, it's, it's always about him being, like, the, you know, the torchbearer. You know, he was their last hope. And he's always, you know, being described nowadays as, you know, you know having so much hope and everything, blah, blah, blah. Okay. John is, I think, going to get Indigo. Yep, that goes way back with our show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've been saying that since Secret Origin, ever since his insignia on his Marines uniform, it basically was the Indigo symbol. Yeah. And they they have been, to some extent, playing up his compassion, compassionate side and how he wants to protect people. So I, I think that's that's a an easy one. Yep, I'm with you so far on all of these. I think Hal is going to get yellow. Yay! <laughs> Welcome with, to my side of the fence. <laughs> yeah, just looking at that, it's like, uh, he's now he's had even more interactions with Parallax since uh, the Sinestro Corps <laughs> War. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at it, even just forgetting everything else about everybody else. Look at the options he has, okay? His exp- his past exposure to red and orange, there's no way he would consider taking one of those. He he just recently found out that Indigo takes over your mind, so he's not going to take that one. Right. He, every uh, he, and as a matter of fact, his the bulk of his entire history with the Star Sapphires is that it kind of does the same thing that Indigo does with. Carol Ferris's recent exploits being the only real exception. Right. So he wouldn't risk that. Plus, I don't think he wants to fly through space in a thong. And and Blue, you know, he's already seen from his own experience that he doesn't know how to make that work. So yellow is the only viable choice. Right. And and I, I even uh, made a point to mention on the forums, uh, as you've noted in the past, you know, Sinestro looking on at their new corpsman, he's got a, a very smug face on. Yeah. Which, you know, would indicate that it would be Hal. There's even that one page back in um, Green Lantern 64 after the book disappears. When it's it's an image of Hal reaching for the yellow ring. It's, it's the reflection of him in the face of the ring. So it's like, it's pretty much saying, like, look, he's going to take this. He's going to take this one. <laughs> and then uh, I... I think uh, Kilowog is going to get the orange ring. Oh. Um, Interesting. Because, you know, 
he wants to keep everyone safe, and it's it's more than just like you know it's my duty. It's like an obsession to him. Like he was willing to get captured just so that he could you know keep them safe. It's just it's like it's it's really he wants it so bad. He wants to protect them so bad that I think he could definitely wield the orange ring. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of that, where do we know where Hector Hammond went? No, we don't. That's huh. Yeah, we don't know yet. But uh the other thing that I have um, cuz then the the only other ring you have left is violet and the only other person that you really have on the table is Ganthet. Now, before I realized that Aresia was going to be mind controlled, I <laughs> could have sworn that she was going to be the the violet candidate, which uh, technically, she still could if they get the green ring off of her. Yeah. In which case, she would make a, an excellent candidate for love. And Gant, that, I mean, he has control over green energy anyway. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, I suppose they could give Gant that the, the violet ring because of his love for Sade. Yeah. Oh, I wonder where she is, too. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a biggie. Yeah. Yeah, there is one other guardian out there, isn't there? <laughs> yep, just floating around on a mission for Larflees. Yeah. Probably looking for his family. Because that's, that's the most important thing to do right now. Yeah. Uh, and I, part of me would love to see Guy go yellow again, just because he's done it before. And, but, you know. I, technically, they could go completely crazy and, like, just buck everybody's expectations and <laughs> give give Guy orange. Just change it up completely. It's like, you know, Kyle will be violet. You know, John's going to be yellow. Hal Jordan doesn't have a ring. He's just using a baseball bat. <laughs> uh, He's going to get the gauntlet, the green gauntlet. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That'd be awesome if anybody gets the green gauntlet. God, somebody, that thing better still exists somewhere, like in a box or something. <laughs> they sold it at the last garage sale. Damn it. About Damn 50, 50 million years ago. Oh, I was free that weekend. Damn it. All right, let's talk briefly about Krona's plan, because we still don't know exactly. Well, we kind of know. He basically said, like, what I did to Sector 666, I'm going to do to the universe. And it. so let me ask you two questions, okay? Where is the entire Green Lantern Corps going? To Oa. And where is Oa? At the center of the universe. And then the Green Lantern 64 ended with Corona saying, in Arabonis, mind you, it's time to show the universe the true power of the Green Lantern Corps. So he's taken control of this army. He's gathered them at the exact center of the universe. Right. I think we're going to see Corona, like, send them out, like, in a, like a, like a big circle from Oa just spreading out across the universe, just wiping out whatever is in their path. Oh, I don't think so at all. Oh, why not? That would be awesome. <laughs> D- that There would be no point to that. Well, there was no point to wiping out an entire sector either. He did that because he wanted to... He wanted to make the Guardians see to so that like they would stop what they were doing and make changes, which they they did. He was completely successful when he did that. 
like it, it was completely the wrong way to, to go about doing it, mm-hmm. but he was 100% successful. Hmm. You know, so... <sighs> so where do you think he's going to do? What do you think he's going to do with his army? I don't know, but I definitely don't think that it's to wipe everything out. Like, he's he's basically obsessed with finding out about the emotional spectrum. He loves life, and he, he realizes that emotions are life. Yeah. So... I don't think he's going to kill off the entire universe. That's not what I'm saying. There's just, just a piece of it. I don't. I don't see what the point would be. Mm. I. It's got to be something else. It's got to be. He's. He's planning for something. Whether or not it's to. Like. Well, the the only other thing that I could think of is that. Earthlings are. You know, because you come from Earth, uh, which is where the this white entity had been for so long. Earthlings are like more emotional or more emotionally connected than any other race it would seem. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as they've always made it out to be, it's that humans are the ones that, you know, really have the full emotional spectrum in them. Which I it, you know, makes a lot of sense story-wise as far as, you know, if you're on a planet that's the, you know, eggshell for the life entity that, you know, is, gave birth to all these different entities, you know, you would expect more emotion out of them. Yeah. Um, now, Krona has control of all the entities, and he wants to show people that, that emotion is the way, then, I don't know, like, maybe he's gonna go out there and shine emotion on people or something. I don't know. Well, hell, Krona has the book, and the book recognizes that group as the New Guardians. Maybe Krona's trying to to make sure that the the Guardians get replaced. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what I was thinking as I was reading these issues? It's, it's too bad Hal didn't bring the League with him. Maybe even Alan, because they'd be totally equipped for this. <laughs> Like you, you would have like, like, a well-oiled machine of of really powerful superheroes that you can trust, that are in no way in danger of being infected the way the core is. <laughs> Just like ha- bring bring some people who who don't rely on power rings into this fight, and you would you would probably do kind of good here. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't necessarily know that that's true. Yeah. Because. Any any anybody from the Justice League, well, basically anybody in general, is susceptible to an entity. Yeah, I guess that's true. The only people that can withstand it at all, you know, to any extent, are the you know the Earth Lanterns, Gantt and Kilowog, because they've gone up with them, you know, gone up against them in the past. Yeah. Oh well. Makes me wonder. This whole thing makes me wonder what role, if any, the other cores are going to have in all this. Because, I mean, I understand they needed to regroup and everything, but if I was Guy Gardner or Hal Jordan, I would skip this ice planet and fly to like Odom or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like what every Green Lantern in the entire universe is 
under the mind control of a crazy homicidal guardian. Yeah, I'm gonna go get these other armies over here that might be able to help out. And <laughs> yeah, especially the ones that's gonna amp up your power level to 200. percent Yeah, we got we got a great friendly elephant over here that likes to do us do favors for people. Those, those would be great. <laughs> I'm out of notes. <laughs> oh, thank God. Um, I think it's worth mentioning though. It was just announced today as we record this that um. There's going to be a War of the Green Lanterns Aftermath coming after War of the Green Lanterns. It's going to be two issues starting in July. And at least the first issue is written by Tony Bedard with art by Miguel uh, Sepulveda, S-E-P-U-L-V-E-D-A. And the blurb says that it's going to uh, explore the shocking consequences the war had on the core and its central members and from the way they're they're wording all this, it looks like it's going to be like a two issue miniseries. Oh, okay. Which, which you know, if you're keeping track at home, the timing will have it overlap the Flashpoint tie-in books. So we're we're gonna have a, we're gonna have quite the couple months there. Ah, <laughs> uh, it'll be nice. Okay. Did you have anything else before we go? Uh, I just want to throw out there that at the end of this month is Super Show. Yes. Uh, definitely wanted to bring that up again. It's uh, April 30th and May 1st. It's in Reading, Pennsylvania. If you go to comicgeekspeak.com, uh, up at the top they have their Super Show link. You can check out the forums and all the information, get tickets. Tickets are like $20 for the weekend. Yeah. And I think... Um... You know, check their website, because kids under a certain age get in free, I think. Now, I want to say it's like 10 or 11, but don't quote me on that. Check their website. Uh, Dan and I will definitely be there. Jason will be there, as, along with his son, Christian. Yeah. Uh, is Lauren coming with you? Lauren will be there. As of right now, we're un- unsure of Chad. But uh, it's it's going to be amazing. It's really going to be a fantastic show. It's it's the, the the show that I, I think what you definitely definitely me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure also definitely you. It's the one that we look forward to the most. This is my Christmas, okay? <laughs> this like I seriously like you know how when you're a kid and it gets closer to December, you just you get this this palpable feeling of of suspense and anticipation and. And it's just welling up inside you, like, every day crawls by and you want this day to happen more and more. Yeah. Like, this, I have not felt that way about a holiday for so many years, but this is how I feel about Super Show. Like, yeah. is is the best convention of the year, it's the only convention of the year I'm genuinely excited about. <laughs> and, like, like, I swear to God, like, after the show happens, my entire year is going to be downhill. Because it's, <laughs> it's, and, and, you know, people, it, we record this, there are 22 days left. Like, there's probably going to be... Actually, this goes up next week. There's only going to be, like, two more episodes we do between now and actually physically being at Super Show. So, you know, this it's not a t- huge amount of time to start planning for a trip, but you know what? It's the least costly, most funner con experience you can have this year oh and if you if you are you know thinking about going then what i would suggest is go on like priceline.com 
and uh, do the name your own price for a hotel, you could get like amazing deals. Like you could get you can get a room for like less than half the price that they're asking. You can really, really make out really good. And not to mention, depending on how nice a hotel you want to stay at, there are some really, really inexpensive options. Yeah, like the... Like I'm in the, the Days Inn again, and it was like... It was like $55 a night. Yeah, so I mean, you know, for slightly over $100, you have a place to stay. You know, the, the ticket is $20. And you really like you know you you, you want to have some money to spend, but you don't even need to spend money to have fun there. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. You can just walk around and talk to people. Like it's still it's small enough that you're you're going to get FaceTime one on one with absolutely anybody you want. Yeah, yeah. And you've got two full days of that, maybe more depending on how long your trip is. Like, like it there's there's gatherings everyone's going to. You can you can just. Just talk to whoever you feel like it. People sell stuff for ridiculously low prices there. Yeah. Whether it's back issues or commissions or prints or whatever. Yeah. You got, you got, if you love a podcast, it's probably going to be set up there. (laughs) It's, it's just like, it's the kind of thing, like, I say this all the time. You walk into Super Show that first day, by the time the weekend's over, everybody in that room is friends. (sighs) It's, you know... I, I was thinking to myself, like, I, I, I entertained the idea for just, like, a moment. And I was thinking about how, it's like, you know, I, I don't, it's not like I have a lot of money to spend, and if I skipped going to Super Show, it would be that much more money that, you know, I could just have to either save or spend on things that I need or whatever. And then and I was... I would assassinate you and start my own podcast over there. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, like, I, I'm just thinking, it's like, I, there's no way I would want to miss this. It's just having to wait a, a whole nother year to get to go. Like, from from the episode 300 to the the first Super Show, or what, no, the, from the first Super Show to the second Super Show, that's, that's when the, the big wait was. Because they had the first one in September, and the next one wasn't until like you know April or May of the the, the fall like the year after. Yeah, it was in March. So that was like that was like a what a, a year and a half apart. Yeah. And you know it was just like you know it's like you know, when's the next one? When's the next one? Oh, why does it have to be so far away? Yeah. So if you wanna if you wanna have a good time, you you want to support. A show that is a lot of fun, has a lot of personality, a lot of sense of family and community. That's very purely a comic book show. Then the, at least try it. I mean, the uh, honestly, the only real obstacle to entry, the barrier to entry, would be travel. Like if you're on the other side of the country or something, or in a different country. No, not even that. There's people I know for a fact <laughs> are coming in from Canada. England, Australia, just to go to this. But not everybody can do that, so that's okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, well, Jason's coming in from Las Vegas, but, you know, for Chad, coming in from Texas, listen, the economy's not great. So we we understand that if you're living, you know, too far away, you just can't afford it. Even people that are living nearby, 
you know, like that, that hundred dollars for, you know, a room or whatever, it, it's, it can make or break people. But I mean, like besides the fact that, you know, try and find somebody that you could shack up with to decrease the rent price. Cause there are tons of people just share rooms. <laughs> Me going with Lauren, we will not be sharing rooms. We'll, we'll have to stay at a, a nice place and whatnot to <laughs> keep her happy. Just take all the money you would have wasted on Flashpoint and just get her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the thing that's that sucks is that the month of April is like it's probably like the best con month ever, and I can afford to go to one, and it's gonna yeah. be Super Show. Yeah, because well, this month started with Wild Pig. Miss that. Then, then I think um, this weekend is Mocha. Yeah, that is this weekend. Uh, then there's Super Show, and isn't there, is there another one in there? Yeah, um, well, this weekend is Mocha, the following weekend, well, for me, uh, is the Icon Science Fiction Convention, which, again, I'm not going to get to go to. Have you ever been to that? Oh, yeah, I used to go, like, you know, religiously every year. I might have to try that next year. I've never, I've never been to a non-comic convention, unless you count Big Apple, but... (laughs) Well, I was thinking about it, but... Uh, you know, maybe next year. Yeah. It's it's very expensive to go there, and the guests just keep decreasing in quality. Yeah, but uh, they it's... decrease in quality and increase in volume of wrestlers. <laughs> no, no, no wrestlers actually. It's all like it's like actors from sci-fi shows, uh, sci-fi writers. Are you talking about the science fiction con or the Big Apple con? Oh, I'm talking about the science fiction con. Oh, okay. Uh, Big Apple Con is good too, but yeah. completely different. But yeah, it's like there's so many great cons, and it's like you know if they were spaced out, I'd get a chance to go to all of them. <laughs> but if I have to choose, it's definitely going to be uh, Super Show. Yeah. Hell, after this, like my con year is gonna, my con season is gonna be so sparse this year. Just like like I had Wild Pig, and now Super Show. I think. I think like this because they do Wild Pig twice a year, so like that right there might be it for me. Like those three. Have you are you undecided or have you decided that you're definitely not going to New York Comic Con again? You know, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna skip it this year. I just I feel like I need a year off. Yeah. Because like last last year, I mean, it was great that I got to see and hang out with you for a while. That was that honestly that was great, and I got to to see a couple people that I do, haven't seen in a while, but. But like it was just like like all almost all of my memories of New York Comic Con are are trying to push through an utterly oppressive crowd. And like I don't like you could ask me like, oh, what kind of booths and stuff did you see? Like I don't remember any. Well, then the only thing that I would suggest is maybe since now it's gonna be four days. Oh yeah. Just like, go what, Friday. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, because like what are, is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something like that? Right. Now is Thursday like a regular day? The Thursday is the new Friday, in that it's like you know partial day. But like the fact of the matter is, like you know Friday's still not going to be as as crowded as Saturday. Yeah. You know it's either that or Sunday. Because Sunday's another day that's. You know, where it's nowhere near as crowded. Like, I think last year was the first year that I actually got to go on Sunday also. 
Mm. I think I went all three three days this year. Yeah, you were this year. nuts. <laughs> and and honestly, like the third day was it was nice. It was very relaxing because like I did all the things that I really wanted to do during the first two days. So the for the third day, it's like okay, well, if I don't get to do anything today, then it's not really a big loss, you know. And so anything that I got to see was just like you know bonus. So that that was definitely nice. But yeah, I, I would say Friday. But anyway, get super get the super show. Yes. And uh, do you have anything else you got to add, or can we cut out? No, I think that's it. Okay, uh, email lanterncast at gmail.com, uh, website lanterncast.com. We have our forums, Facebook page. You can go to iTunes and subscribe to us, leave a message. We have a voicemail number, 206-202-1159. We also have a Twitter account that's on the webpage. Eh, it's all there. Check us out. Yes. And uh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Oh, um, let's just, just as to say it publicly, happy birthday, Chad, because it was his birthday this past Wednesday. Happy birthday, Chad. Yeah. Many hope more. You, hope you got lots of great stuff to satisfy your inner lark, please. <laughs> I, can't, I can't top that. Yay. Good night, everybody. So long. So how we do this? Okay. As we're pushing on 10 o'clock, thank yeah. you very much. Dan, yeah. I'm always late, Kurtzky. That is what they put on my birth certificate. It's a weird-ass middle name. I know, it's got so many hyphens. <laughs> uh, I guess it's better than Will I Am's birth certificate. It's got a whole bunch of periods. Mm. Yeah. You know, will I am? Am I right? Let let's let's start. <laughs> <laughs> uh.